the fable of the good fairy with the lorgnette and why she got it good. Once upon a time there was a broad girl who had nothing else to do and no children to look after, so she thought she would be benevolent. She had scared all the red corpuscles out of the two-by-four midget who rotated about her in a limited orbit and was known by courtesy as her husband. He was soft for her, and so she got it mapped out with herself that she was a superior woman. She knew that when she switched the current on to herself, she used up about 6,000 ohms an hour, and the whole neighborhood had to put on blinders. She had read about nine subscription books with Cupid and Dove tailpieces, and she believed that she could get away with any topic that was batted up to her and then slam it over to second in time to head off the runner. Her clothes were full of pinholes, where she had been hanging medals on herself, and she used to go in a handball court every day and throw up bouquets, letting them bounce back and hit her. Also, she would square off in front of a camera every two weeks, and the man was next, for he always removed the mole when he was touching up the negative. In the photograph, the broad girl resembled Pauline Hall, but outside of the photograph, and take it in the morning when she showed up on the level, she looked like a street just before they put on the asphalt. But never you fear. She thought she had Julia Arthur and Mary Mannering seventeen up and one to play, so far as good looks were concerned. And when it came to the gray matter, the cerebrum, the cerebellum, and the medulla oblongata, May Wright Sewell was back of the flag and pulled up lame. The downtrodden man whom she had dragged to the altar sized her all right, but he was afraid of his life. He wasn't strong enough to push her in front of a cable car, and he didn't have the nerve to get a divorce, so he stood for everything. But in the summer, when she skated off into the woods to hear a man with a black alpaca coat lecture to the high foreheads about the subverted ego, he used to go out with a few friends and tell them his troubles and weep into his beer. They would slap him on the back and tell him she was a nice woman, but he knew better. Anyhow, as Bobby Gaylor used to say, she became restless around the house, with nothing to do except her husband, so she made up her mind to be benevolent to beat the band. She decided that she would allow the glory of her presence to burst upon the poor and the uncultured. It would be a big help to the poor and uncultured to see what a real razzmatazz lady was like. She didn't propose to put on old clothes and go and live with poor people and be one of them and nurse their sick as they do in settlements. Not on your previous existence. She was going to be benevolent and be dead swell at the same time. Accordingly, she would lace herself until she was the shape of a bass viol and put on her tailor-made and the hat that made her face seem longer, and then she would gallop forth to do things to the poor. She always carried a ninety-nine-cent lorgnette in one hand and a smelling bottle in the other. Now, she would say, feeling behind to make sure that she was all strung up, now to carry sunshine into the lowly places. As soon as she struck the plank walks and began stalking her prey, the small children would crawl under the beds, while Mother would dry her arms on the apron and murmur, 
Glory be! They knew how to stand off the rent man and the dog catcher, but when two hundred and thirty-five pounds of sunshine came wafting up the street, they felt that they were up against a new game. The benevolent lady would go into a house, numbered 1135A, with a marking brush, and after she had sized up the front room through the lorgnette, she would say, My good woman, does your husband drink? Oh, yes, sir, the grateful woman would reply. That is, when he's working, he gets a dollar ten. And what does he do with all his money? the benevolent lady would ask. I think he plays the stock market, would be the reply. Then the benevolent lady would ask, When the unfortunate man comes home this evening, you tell him that a kind and beautiful lady called and asked him please to stop drinking, except a glass of claret at dinner, and be sure to read eight or ten passages from the Encyclopedia Britannica each night before retiring. Also, tell him to be sure and save his money. Is that your child under the bed? That's little William J. How many have you? Eight or nine, I forget which. Be sure and dress them in sanitary underwear. You can get it for four dollars a suit. Will you be good enough to have the little boy come from under the bed and spell Ibex for the sweet lady? He's afraid of you. Kindly explain to him that I take an interest in him, even though he is the offspring of an obscure and ignorant working man, while I am probably the grandest thing that ever swept up the boulevard. I must go now, but I will return. Next time I come, I hope to hear that your husband has stopped drinking and is very happy. Tell the small person under the bed that if he learns to spell Ibex by the time I call again, I will let him look at my rings. As for you, Bear in mind that it is no disgrace to be poor. It is simply inconvenient, that's all. Having delivered herself of these helpful remarks, she would duck, and the uplifted mother would put a nickel in the can and send Lizzie over to the Dutchman's. In this manner the benevolent lady carried forward the good work, and dazzled the whole region between O'Hara's box factory and the city dump. It didn't cost anything, and she derived much joy from the knowledge that hundreds of people were rubbering at her and remarking in choked whispers, Say, ain't she the smooth article? But one day a scrappy kid, whose mother didn't have any lorgnette or diamond ear-bobs, spotted the benevolent lady. The benevolent lady had been in the house telling his mother that it was a glorious privilege to wash for a living. After the benevolent lady went away, the kid's mother sat down and had a good cry, and the scrappy kid thought it was up to him. He went out to the alley and found a tomato can that was not working, and he waited. In a little while, the benevolent lady came out of a basement in which she had been telling a Polish family to look at her and be happy. The scrappy kid let drive, and the tomato can struck the benevolent lady between the shoulder blades. She squawked and started to run, fell over a garbage box, and had to be picked up by a policeman. She went home in a cab and told her husband that the Liquor League had tried to assassinate her because she was reforming so many drunkards. That settled it with her. She said she wouldn't try to be benevolent any more, so she joined an Ibsen club. The scrappy kid grew up to be a corrupt alderman and gave his mother plenty of good clothes, which she was always afraid to wear. Moral. 
in uplifting get underneath.